Good day, and welcome to Far Reaches. We are four people from similar parts of the world who have wound up chasing different dreams and living different lives. We are Richard, Raleigh, Joel, and Micah. Richard and Micah are from Southeast Oregon, from two small ranching communities known as Pine Creek and Plush. Raleigh and Joel are from Northeast Oregon, from the Pendleton area. We met through college, mutual friends, and heard of stories of each other. Somehow wound up being at the same place at the same time. See, we live and work in different parts of the U.S. now and have all taken different paths to get to where we are. We all talk separately and live far apart. So we decided we should try and talk more together. We hope you come along and enjoy. Uh, recording in progress. Hey, good day. How your mom and them? Welcome to the Far Reaches podcast. Once again, we're back. We're reaching. We're doing. We are here. We are three strong this week, which is better than uh, better than normal. So I think you add us all up to probably get one. Uh, it's all good. So you got, uh, we're again brought to you this fine week and every week by our good friends at B&K Auto Salvage in beautiful Grand Ronde Valley. There is an updated promo code, kids. Updated promo code for B&K Auto Salvage. Joel, can you guess what the promo code word might be? It's just one single word. It's kind of like what encompasses far reaches. And uh, we'll give uh, Richard a guess if Joel doesn't, doesn't, doesn't snag it. Uh, the reacher special no it's only one word yeah one oh. word no i don't know uh, say richard, reacher reacher now that was the last one that was that was a previous promo code so good job on that one you got that right the new promo code for bnk auto is malarkey promo code malarkey that's going to get you a little discount on those parts that get pulled for you and a little bump in that scrap price so if you're buying you're saving money. If you're selling, you're making more. That's our good friends at BK. That's Mr. Bo. So yeah, promo code Malarkey just came out this week. So only we're getting some action photos from Richard. If you guys are watching or gonna go watch this later, he's uh in the pickup with the cell phone and uh hopefully surviving and, and doesn't get in too much of a scrap with the uh the horseshoe. So we'll just see how that goes. We might catch this live. So <laughs> Richard's still on mute, but uh, it's all good. Should keep his eyes on the right as well. I know he should. Luckily, he's probably in the middle of nowhere, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's got a better chance of something that's just running in front of him. So it's how it goes. <clears throat> but anyways, we'll start this week like we pretty much do uh, every week, no matter how many people are here, uh, with the patented reach around from the far reachers. So. Um, Mr. Joel, since you're joining us fresh this week, how about you start the reach around? Well, <clears throat> over the weekend was a uh, little golf with Kurt and Brian. Um, and I was super hungover. I did not go. Uh, uh, I was really hungry and hungover. Uh, I almost couldn't see straight. Like, God, that was awful. It's not even wow. worth playing at that point. What did you do? I shot... 95 or 6, which is pretty bad. Yeah. I just got back uh, just now from uh, playing nine holes with my friend Anthony. Uh, he bought a set of clubs. He's a lefty, so he had he finally found a set of clubs on uh, oh, nice. on Facebook or something for 40 bucks. And they look like they cost about <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, 
But he, he, he's, this is only his second time playing. Um, I think he's going to take it up, though. I think he's hooked. He had a few good shots today. Oh, that'll do I shot that's 44. What I shot 44. My handicap's down to like uh, 15 at first grade. Holy crap. Yeah, be that's careful. down like 27 at the beginning of the summer. That's a market improvement. Yes. Yeah. There's a big difference between more than just li- what looks like 10 strokes between a 27 oh, and a 15 or 12. It's like a 4.0 GPO down like a GPA, like the two of two, you know, it's like, Oh, it's only two numbers apart. Yeah. It's an order of magnitude difference basically. And it kind of runs like a, a GPA too. Um, then we had a, went to DP Darren, Darren's a, a reception out in Helix. Oh, sweet. Pretty good time. They had a taco truck, a donut truck. You know what? So the donut truck girls. Um, and maybe you actually know what this is. I never looked it up. I was I, I meant to look it up. But uh, the girls that were in the donut truck making the donuts. The donut I was like, truck, what do you get? Yeah. People were talking about their outfits. And I was like, are you guys Mennonites? And they said, yeah. Oh, Hooterites, like, probably. Or hoots, yeah. What? What? And then I was like, I don't know why I know that. I don't even know what a Mennonite is. I don't know why I somehow knew what they look like. What is it? Oh, you Mennonite? probably watched Kingpin or something. Yeah. A Mennonite's like a, you know, like a Amish light, so to speak. Is, oh. They'll have like some I vehicles. Know Amish and, yeah. So there's like Hooterites around uh, Hermeson and stuff. Because that that's another, no, that's another form of them from Canada. Hooterites, the Hoots. Yeah. Yeah, just saying. Uh, make damn good donuts. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we. That was about it. That's uh. It's been my world. Dang. Huh. I'll take questions if you have any. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Um, why donuts? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and they had a nacho bar too, on top, which, in addition to the taco truck. Oh, that sucks. Uh-oh. Are you listening to the last one trying to catch up? No, I don't know if we went unlive or I was tuned in on the live broadcast. Oh, well, you, nobody could hear anything. I thought you're on last week's. Yeah, because the introduction wouldn't be. No, I was one. just on our live one on my phone. Oh, was it aren't showing we, up? Aren't, aren't we live right now? I just stopped it. Oh, because no Cause, one was there. Because nobody could hear it. No. We had the problem. I like we had. I don't know what the uh, what the issue was. Yeah, yeah. that's a. Uh... I mean, we'll have this recorded old fashioned and spit it back out. But I thought I had it figured out for the uh, the live. So. But maybe I did. Yeah. There's one other thing I can try. No. Anyway, we're still, so, are we we're still, still recording. recording them. Oh yeah, we're still doing a regular one. We just aren't. We're just not blasting it on the Facebook page right now. So we're just doing the. What we'll normally do, we'll download it, put it back together, and then throw it up on the, uh, on the thing afterwards. So yeah. So all as well as that. So. I need a Jamie to handle the tech side of these things sure do yeah i could be nice just to be able to talk and not have to worry about anything else <laughs> just um i don't know if this is a good time i don't know if, well no you guys finish your free trance and then i'll just tell you i watched um 
finally watched Man from Snowy River last night. Oh, outstanding. We got to hear about that. That's part of the reach around, I think, unless you will put it under best thing of the week. Yeah, I'll put that under the best thing of the week. There you go. Even though we, nobody knows yet if I enjoyed it. Yeah, either way, I think it's because you saw it, it's going to be one of my best things of the week. So, you know, it's all good in the hood. I think. So, uh, yeah, everything else still running. So, cool. So, golf, a little uh, relaxation. Um, yeah, not a bad little reach around there, Mr. Joel. For those of you watching, Joel is up by the uh, the pool house, if you will, in a nice little isolated area. Nice place to run the podcast from. I like that, Joel. Got a little sun in the background, relaxing. Yeah. Yep. Just hope Big Daddy doesn't walk by in his banana hammock. Yeah, that wouldn't be. <laughs> Shouldn't have given that idea. Yeah, that's going to be bad. (laughs) Oh, is this thing on? Yeah, what's going on? (laughs) You know where the weight room is? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, I'll give my reach around since Bradbury's still uh, looks like he's the Richard from Snowy River in his pickup. Had uh, family up over the weekend. That was kind of fun. My cousin and her rugrats uh, swarmed the place for the weekend. So we uh, we hung out by the pool. We barbecued a lot. Made brisket. Um, had a good time with that. So uh, it's good just to catch up with them. They live about uh, a couple, three hours away south of here. So every once in a while, they get to come up and uh, hang out. They call me Uncle Mike, even though I'm like their second cousin. But it's sort of like an uncle thing. So. Yeah, we don't get hung up on too many details. But, uh, yeah, that was a kick. And then uh, um, connected with some old friends, old friend, actually, uh, I hadn't spoken to for a long, long time. We connected over over uh, starting Friday. So that was cool just to catch back up. And, like, it's like we never never stopped talking, really. So, like, like from, like, high school was, like, the last time we really talked. So uh, that's been awesome, really cool. So it kind of reminds you like, hey, I'm pretty old, but B, I don't feel old, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so we just make it happen. But that's been awesome. So um, fun with that. And then just, yeah, it was a good chill weekend. Watched a lot of golf too. The open was on and like the time difference was cool. So you could like turn it on like in the morning and you had golf, like early in the morning golf was on. So I was watching that at the office and then over the weekend, uh, same thing as well. So I like that, uh, that time difference. So, yeah, that Morikawa one again, right? He's got a great swing. He um, did. Yes. He's got a, it's really like interesting, like really slow backswing and then like a distinct pause at the top. You really know, smart. Not of the gods, but yeah. Favorite, he's got my favorite swing. It's pretty cool. I really like It's like one of the, it's one of the swings I think about when I try not to suck when I play because of that like really controlled and like yeah. backswing doesn't matter dude like it can take you five minutes to get back here it's what you do afterwards so i think it's cool but yeah he uh louis came out strong and led for most of it and colin had a good second day i think if i'm not mistaken and then back and forth and then uh yeah it was uh and then i had brooks kepka in my uh my golf league so he had a really strong last day i think uh climbed up the charts quite well so uh, ended up getting me some much needed points and vaulted me back into second place, I believe, in the Texas Amateur Professional Invitational Open Golf League. So, is this the the thing where you can only pick one golfer a season? Yeah, or yeah. a golf. You can only pick that a particular golfer one time. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I did that one year with you, and uh, I think I got dead last. So I think it I happens. Not, I am not cut out for that game. Yeah. <laughs> I am a defending champion somehow by the grace of God on a sharp stick. And then, uh, yeah, I snuck back into second place this week. So there's only, I think, four, four or five tournaments left on our schedule. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. But it's fun to be back at least. I got to meet a bunch of the guys that are in the golf league again when I was over in Texas for 4th of July. We played golf. And so uh, it was good to put names. I'd met them once a couple years ago, but it's like, you know, we were playing a tournament and it was just kind of like, hey, and then uh, to get this. And so it's been a, a couple years of uh, trading barbs across the uh, the uh, the world on that one and then to get to play golf again. So that, that made it even a little more fun to see everybody again and, and um uh, Get a chance to say howdy and and well uh talk a little trash yeah so <laughs> we'll see how because i was sitting in like i don't know 15th for quite a while and then i had a couple decent weeks and i never had like a outstanding week yet i just haven't had a super crappy one either but there we are it's me and a picture of Richard's dashboard, because apparently we lost Joel. So as luck would have it, I don't mind talking to myself about other random things. So uh, we're going to take this moment to really start off and talk about my good friend, the alphabet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, folks, these things happen. We'll do our best to keep on keeping on uh, since uh, we lost Mr. Joel for some reason. I think he was probably getting a text from somebody important. But uh, Richard's back. I see... Uh, camera moving around he must have got the talking with the shoer somewhat underway camera's now upside down for those of you who remember from a couple couple weeks ago richard's back at the uh the ranch area where we saw the uh <laughs> wonderful cow dogs and the skunk and uh that sort of thing so <laughs> one of our most talked about episodes thus far was the skunks and the open pickup door and the circling back of the dogs. I think I got some good comments about that. So it was uh, highly entertaining. Yes, but um, Richard, are you ready to give us your reach around? Are you in a spot where you can do that? Yes, I am. Well, reach away, my good sir, because you got the gift. Um, well, everything is uh, completely... Uh... Hubbard in Lake County right now. So we got a approaching 400,000 acre fire that I think is going to slow down because it, we got a little rain last night, like mm -hmm. 20 minutes, but it seemed to be enough to put it down. And uh, everything's full of smoke. I should show you guys. Yeah. Watching. Normally there's a uh, wait, didn't work. Come on. Come on. Come on. Easy. Flipper. There you go. So normally there's like a horizon. Oh, yeah. Mountains out there, but you can't even see them. Uh, you can sort of see those over there. But yeah, and that's, uh, but Burns is getting it worse. Our smoke worse than, um, worse than we're getting it. Oh, yeah. I saw Colby had a picture up the other day uh, from downtown or something, and it looked, uh, it looked pretty harsh. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, and then uh, the drought caused us to bring our cattle home about maybe two and a half months early. So Ouch. we just brought we just brought 900 head off of uh, 
disputes. They'd been walking about 70 miles, so we're letting them rest today. Mm, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so that was a big cluster. Um, oh, uh, started a new diet, really bad timing, but uh, already lost 10 pounds, so that's awesome. Should save that for the best part of the week. Um, Good teaser. What's this diet thing like? Oh, just uh, paleo, 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 keto. Paleo, I, haven't really. got, I haven't got to the keto part yet, which is probably... I'm probably going to have to keep eating and not intermittent fasting until mm -hmm. uh, probably through maybe until October, but I'll get there. Yeah. So, um, crap. Real estate's busy, of course, right when everything else is busier than hell. Um, Always. Uh, man, my reach around is uh, it's hard to keep my brain spinning. I've been up at three o'clock for the last three mornings and then uh, mm. up at five this morning, pairing up calves up until nine last night working on the cattle. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, having a tough, tough time. You get, you get a little ringy after a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had, to, I had to quit social media because I was being so honoring. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw I saw some of your posts. You seem a little dejected. So we got to get your charge back up. Yeah, I uh, I uh, not I didn't quit, but I figured it was I didn't need to be juggling uh, human relationships online in the state my mind's at right now. So you can take a little hiatus or a sabbatical, even if you feel um, one of those might be yeah. appropriate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's that's my reach around, and uh, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We'll see how things go. I may or may not make the entire episode, but I'm going to give it my 100% try. We'll do our, our do our damnedest. Yeah. Did you yeah. talk about the? Did you already talk about the fire? Oh, just a little bit, oh. but uh, yeah, I want to know some more. Like, how close is that to you, Richard? Um, it's about anywhere between 20 and 30 miles. It's actually threatening that northern north part, but it burned a bunch of structures about 30 miles in a town called Wye. Mm, damn. Uh, it burned a house that we were selling and when you burn a house everything just uh off the table so uh <laughs> there's no more table that's hard why. to sell a house that yeah. burned down yeah well, I mean, it, was like, it was like two days from closing oh crap yeah <clears throat> so. i don't know how much you guys know about fires but they uh they really do a number on structures yeah, <laughs> well, I, I am a you know one of those slower uh, Pacific Northwest people, so I appreciate you describing that for me. <laughs> but what was that? I want to I want to talk a little bit about that headline that from the AP that I sent you. It was oh, like God. Uh, that was talking about that fire down there. It's like, luckily nobody lives down there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank Christ. Thank That's, God. So we got that going for us, you know, like, whoo, that was close. This New York City journalist being like, nobody lives there. Who gives a shit? It's yeah. like, uh, it's, it's like no one of consequence lives there, is more what I read. Or a lot of left leaning journalists just write us off as cave dragging Neanderthals <laughs> and uh, should be blighted from the earth, anyways. Yeah, so, our opinion should be confiscated and buried somewhere. Needless to say, Lake County is really feeling the love of the entire country, and uh, 
they can all just go fuck themselves. So not um, on the right yeah. side, not on the left side, but right in the middle. And if you thought we were difficult to deal with before this, ought to be really peachy now. And this is how you how much I'm on the hook. Fuck your pillow. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Hi, you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's kind of interesting. Remember, it was probably close to 10 years ago now, the when the Bundys. The Bits, uh, yeah, maybe that long. And their cattle grazing rights. Is that, do I have that right? Or was that a different It was family? a huge cluster. They were actually said they were in Burns on behalf of the Hammonds, but they were like. Hammonds. Yeah, yeah the Hammonds. Yeah, so yeah. at that time, I remember my friends in New York would like, it was all over national news. They're sending me all these opinion pieces and they had opinions on it. And the most common opinion was like this, that land is for all of us to enjoy. It's federal land. And like, you would never go there. Like <laughs> those people, they don't know. Well, no. And there's the multiple use you know, like, sustainable yield act of now, 1976. Now it's, says it's all for everybody anyways, with all sorts of uses. So they're, they're claiming it back then now it's basically on fire i don't know if that exact area but close enough and they're they don't give a shit of course yeah well said joel well said yeah well and the killer of it is uh i've never once not been nice to somebody i mean there are some outliner jackasses that are mean to the public on public land that either run cows or log or run oil or whatever but um this is a little known fact. The Bureau of Land Management collects $436 billion a year from oil leases. From oil leaks? Leases. A lease. Yeah. Actually, I got that wrong. I added too many, but um, um, it's over, it's in the billions. Like more than most agencies would even have a budget for. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's insane. That's, yeah, they're pretty much. It's, 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 but I, you know, and on this fire, I'm not even blaming the people that are in charge. The, no, I'm blaming the people. Are, I'm not blaming these guys at the local level that are uh, um, managing and everything. What I'm blaming is the politicians and everybody higher up. It's, it's ridiculous to be mad at your local BLM office or Forest Service office because. Make no goddamn difference. Well, it's we all need federal policy. All, yeah, we need. We burned down the. We burned down a section of forest of the size of Rhode Island in the last two weeks because of bad because of politics. Straight, plain and simple, just politics. Because we cannot come up with a good way to manage our natural resources that actually makes sense. And let Does it anybody go, actually know how? Okay. I've heard this argument that like you could prevent forest fires through better management, but what is that better management? It's like, does somebody know what to do exactly? Yes. There's literally thousands of people with PhDs. Like half the shit I went to college for is just for that. Are they doing that in any place in the world that would be like a good example of they don't have as many fires as we do? Yeah. Private land. Most people who like own their own forestry lands pretty well managed yeah like john hancock john hancock investment they're a big land forest forestry landowner and you can get 
a $130,000 a job, your job, manage uh, one of their best forces. And warehouser <laughs> used to do a good job. Um, no training. Problem with the, sorry, Joel. Problem with the fires now are um, they're taking out. Last one, this one probably took out 40,000 acres private timber company mm -hmm. just because it was allowed to get, it just got so big. And sometimes you just can't stop them. But uh, of the, between the forest that the federal government manages versus the private one, they'll probably have better salvage timber off of the private one. Oh, absolutely. They'll actually salvage it. It won't be held up yeah. in a lawsuit for 50 years. But a lot of, you know, a lot of it boils down to the management of the site, Joel, like how often there's a harvest, how, how, how they thin it. If there's a fire, how they often they do that. You know, if, it, if you only get a fire like every 50 years, it's going to burn super hot. Like you shave once a year, it's going to be pretty difficult. You shave every day or two, it's going to be pretty fine. Um, but yeah, there's, there's science. This is the problem. This is what Richard was talking about. It's being managed by politics and not by scientific policy. When there's, there's literally thousands of people who've studied these systems, numerous generations about how they should run. Um, and it gets held up uh, due to environmental reasons or politics because it's either the yes or the no. It's never like, let's just do it like it's supposed to be. I mean, why? I mean, so do environmentalists not understand good land management? Is that the problem? That's a big part like, of it. Why would they make such a poor decision if it was true? Cognitive bias. So there's this concept of like, you have to leave it natural. Well, man's been here for a while. So, and there's not really a way to keep it quote unquote natural. So you have to thin it, you have to harvest it, you have to replant it. You have to burn it sometimes, you have to let it burn sometimes. So you can't have this completely hands-off approach because a long time ago, man got involved. So that's part of the issue. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. It's not going to revert back to whatever their thoughts on a pristine environment are. So that's a large part of it. And then multiple would, uses also. Yeah, I'd just like to point out that the Native Americans had land management policy mm -hmm. also before Absolutely. our white asses ever got here. So. Yes, it, it evolved that way. I, I use this example all the time because it's one of the few things I remember from Range 101 or Forestry, I guess it would have been. But like pine trees, their cones only open up when they get hot, like a fire is what opens up a pine tree cone. So it drops out the seeds. So new plants can come to life. That's a built-in system in a pine tree. Think about that. They evolved in a fire system then in some way, shape or form. I think that's pretty damn cool. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, some people don't like logging apparently, but that's part of the tool that you can use to take out after a burn comes through. You come take the dead trees out because they're good for a while. They are commercially viable for a while, but not 20 years later when it's been tied up in court and can't go anywhere. Then they just all rot and fall down. And then you start getting beetles come in and start everything starts dying off. And then you, when you drive down the road now and you see like a nice green forest and there's just this big patches of brown all the way through it, that's beetle just killing trees. So, you know, again, it's, it's about the management and it, it gets hung up in the halls of Congress where it does not belong at all so it's a it's it's not a, it's not a new problem that's for sure 
And I would like to say that logging and ranching are not without sense, but we are yeah. sure hell a lot smarter than we were 60 years ago. And those guys are probably a lot smarter than the guys that were 60 years before then. I mean, it's all an evolution and we get better at, but you can't hold modern ranchers accountable for the sins of somebody that long since been in the ground or bloggers for that mm-hmm. matter. And it's BLM, a- the Forest Service did a lot of shady shit with the logging industry. It pretty much, I call it cultural genocide with the spotted owl. They pretty much destroyed mm-hmm. an entire culture in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And what did we gain from it? Now, instead of harvesting our forests, we're just burning them to the ground. I'd say like I know remarkably little about the politics and to ever have formed a somewhat informed opinion on the subject. <clears throat> but it strikes me as like that's something that that's where like more media coverage should focus on. They mm-hmm. don't ever talk about that sort of thing. The only thing they do and like so simplistic and stupid now that I'm thinking about it is they just say, oh, global warming let's do another fucking article on global warming because there's a fire yeah it just skips over any other potential solution to it yeah yeah it's just finger pointing at that at that at that stage and that's all it is and and at this point too like what does that even mean well the thing that really pissed me off this week is they just lumped everybody in my community in as climate deniers like blanket statement yeah, blanket <laughs> statement that we all we're all climate deniers and uh, we're the reason. This is what I'm learning about. Like, you're on mute, Richard. I don't know. We just turned off. I didn't touch anything, man. <laughs> you're on a great roll. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm learning. Like you can make that shit up, man. Yeah. Like. And what the hell? Like, if I believe in climate change or not, how the hell does that impact what climate change does? Like, seriously, is it like some kind of mental? Yeah, you could believe in climate change and accept that climate change is a thing, and be like, but in the meantime, guys, let's do the responsible thing. With but I mean, like, just the fact that, like, okay, I did. I don't think it's real. Does that cause a fire to erupt somewhere? No. Like. <laughs> again no. okay. <laughs> well they'll point to as evidence of it being real um that it's pretty crazy fire, out but... here it's pretty crazy out here in eastern oregon with the the heat and lack of moisture yeah and i don't i don't think this is like a normal i don't think this is a normal year it, it's it's a cycle man i swear yeah, to I god know. I, w- I wouldn't automatically just be like oh blame that on global warming it's yeah Sure, it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, yeah, Richard, yeah, you back? It's just I'm kind back. of frustrating right. right now to think about how they just gloss over every other subject. Because if there is global warming, you could be like, I believe in global warming, but I also believe you need to, it's here. We're not going to reverse it in our lifetime. We better protect our forests the best we can by good land management until we can get the global warming thing straightened out. I'm clapping in my head for you. Very good. Thank you. That was a good statement. I'll buy you another beer. Yeah. My question was like, how does my belief in global warming or anything else have any impact on what actually happens on the ground? Like, is it some kind of, you know, Zen mind control thing? I submit to you, it is not. 
Just saying. What do you have, Richard? You were on a roll, and then we got you on mute. Now you're just like frothing. I can see you're just like a little crockpot ready to boil over. No, I'm good. I just it's it's just uh, I mean, we're talking about burning down in it the same size as an entire state. Yeah. I mean, it's out here in the west in one of the most isolated or one of the most remote places that you can get in the continental United States. Like where I'm sitting right now is about as far away as you can get from a McDonald's in the lower 48 states. And I'll, we're 90 miles or 100 miles. Oh, over 100 miles. Over 100, from a yeah. Walmart, um, over 130 miles from a McDonald's. I mean, uh, there's less than one person per square mile in the county that I live in. And it's the size of New Jersey. And um, <laughs> that's a state for those kids playing along. If we burnt down New Jersey and Rhode Island, it would be a goddamn big deal. But you take one of these bigger Western United States and you just burn it down. And it's, uh, well, it has been making national news because, well, there's, it's the biggest fire out of 120 fires. But, uh, it's where if it blows up again, it could easily go to a million acres. And then we're talking like states the size of New York or Massachusetts or yeah, it's, we're talking, we're getting into like Florida size states. So it'd be kind of neat if New Jersey just burned down the whole fucking state. <laughs> I would dare I guarantee, say that's not the first time that's been uttered out loud. I know that for a I fact. It, I guarantee you it would be a big damn problem if New Jersey just burnt down. Yeah, these um, uh, people wouldn't mess it up. Like. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. The one thing that everybody has to keep in mind is the only value that we create in the United States comes from land and the natural resources off of that land. All other wealth is derived from that. Like you cannot make a computer, you cannot make one, you cannot string ones and zeros together without some sort of natural resource. So everything our economy relies on all comes out of the ground or it comes off these natural resources and the federal government in Oregon and Nevada own 98% of the, uh, the, the, the land in the, either state. Mm -hmm. And so they have a tremendous responsibility to safeguard the resources on those two, on the, on any state that they own over 50% of, they have a tremendous responsibility to protect that wealth because like the public lands are everybody. It's also, future wealth and it's better than gold in the bank so it's just a you cannot name one thing that doesn't come from a natural resource that so all wealth is derivative Philosoph of land what philosophy well i mean you can't create it well i guess you could create wealth from that maybe but you, still, you still have to you still have to get the, the calories yeah so, but yeah, I gotta help my wife real fast. We'll be here. We'll be I here. Guess I guess I'll bring it with me. <laughs> you travel, man. So you're not having to be by yourself. Well, it's the worst things happen to a fella, but uh, I think I earlier it. I got kicked off. I had my iPad sitting in the sun. Did you get too hot? Do you think? Is that what happened? Yeah, when I went to pick it up, it just about burned me. Like, shut down. You kind of had a bit of a forest gum to you. Ah, something burned me. 
That's what that reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> More like Rain Man. Yeah, well, a little bit of that. But, ah, something bit me. I, you want to be more like Rain Man than Forrest Gump? If you had to take your choice, which would you be? Uh, there's a pool. Nice. Just to uh, remember. Shoot, I guess I'd be rather be Forrest Gump. Me too. Me too. Forrest That's Gump good... was living, lived a great life, except for he had that fucking bitch, Ginny. Ginny was a terrible person. Yes. Yes, she was. She was quite uh, just awful to poor Forrest. Yeah. Um, that never happened. She ended up dying in that movie. I've always wondered, like, I think they, they kind of imply that she died of AIDS, right? Yeah, but then I've read several things that they said that she that she didn't, you know, because so but they thought it was just hepatitis, I think, is what the the thing was, the consensus, if you will. Yeah. So I had a random question, Richard. Would you rather be Forrest Gump or Rain Man? Oh. Uh Rain Man. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. That's fine. The Vaughn syndrome. Yeah, I so think uh, I'd probably choose Forrest just because uh, he seemed happier. That's all. That's true. Yeah, but interesting. I, I might be that might be like a poll question or something. We'll throw on Facebook later. Would you rather be uh, Rain Man or Forrest Gump? So, <laughs> yes, I like that. I'm looking at my notes and be like, Forrest or Rain? What? Forrest Rain? Rainforest versus forest. Yeah, and I'm going back through. I have, I have no idea what I was talking about. So it doesn't usually stop me though. So <clears throat> yeah, that natural resource management goal. Yeah, uh, no, that was the Doberman that got it, wasn't it? They both got it, I guess, but the Doberman's the one that jumped back in the pickup. So yeah. they finally got the stink off them. They uh yeah, the Doberman finally stopped smelling sometime last week. Excellent. But he has a sore on it, knows that it won't heal, and I think it's skunk related. <laughs> really got blasted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good reach around. Let's jump into the entertainment spotlight uh, because this is Richards, and I watched this son of a bocce, and that's why I'm wearing the beanie because my head hurts and it's steaming. So, Richard picked a YouTube video called uh, Math Has a Fatal Flaw. Actually, it turns out several fatal flaws. Well, I guess it's one in general, but it's, I don't know how many billion views this thing has seen on the YouTube. But Joel, did you get a chance to watch it? Watched about five minutes of it. It hurt, didn't it? Yeah. I thought they were going to go into the whole thing about how math is like, you know, they're teaching in schools like. Oh. It's racist. Math is now like subjective and racist. Um, yeah, of I thought course. that's what yeah. they were going to talk oh, about. But. That'll be next. We'll have to find, we'll have to find one of those that why math is racist because uh, yeah, I just yeah, steams my clams just to think. Well, I don't know what they're they were talking about. Like, there's some things you can't know. Like, like yeah, that's an infinite. That's the whole concept of infinity. Well, even like the prime number theorem, like it's not really any pattern, and you don't really know how far it goes. That's one of their it, things. That, that's the thing. It goes for infinity. I know, but we can't grasp that as most humans can't grasp infinity. You want to know yeah. like math, like gives idea, you like yeah. a that's the whole idea of math. Like I can see a pattern and I can eventually figure it out because if I have a known, I can find why it does that. And then I can predict it. That's what math is in my twisted brain. 
so that's the problem is like how do you prove it or how, how come it doesn't fit or the whole thing about proving yourself the what was that the self-proving prophecy or whatever they called it richard um, yeah which you know uh, the office the office uh reference was the best about you know jim is my enemy but then the enemy in my enemy is my friend wait a minute jim's my friend but no he's my enemy so uh yeah it's you're funny like uh a mathematic somebody that knows nothing about math talking to a mathematician it's like have you thought about dividing infinity by like a thousand and then do it again get a more manageable number <laughs> take the log of it if that helps you but uh yeah i just like that there was two different values for infinity the natural number and the real number oh yeah yeah not all affinities are created equal. Well, not all affinities yeah. are created equal. Yeah, because there was like the natural one and the integer one or something. What, what yep. is the natural versus real? Yep. What is that? So the natural numbers are like one, two, one, two three, three, four, three, four, five, five. Seven, seven. Yeah. Yeah. And the real numbers are 5.42 pi. Anyway, so, if you it, it's called the infinite hotel room problem, and it doesn't you can't ever you can just keep creating more and more infinities. But if you the infinite if the the real the natural numbers have a different infinity than the real numbers, the real number infinity is significantly greater than the infinity for natural numbers. There's some shit on this that'll make your head just absolutely steam clamps, dude. I swear to God. I was just like, I only watched about 15 minutes and then I had to turn it off and then I had to watch the next 15, like 30 minutes later. I watched Alone, Math, Alone, Math. So, because that's probably the stuff I would think about if I was on Alone. Yeah. That's where they come up with it. I exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But it uh, just opens up like the sets problem. Um, what if you have a set that you were part of that set? How can you measure that? And how many sets of yourself can you put in that set? Yeah. It's all inclusive, then you can be in it. But if you're in it, then it's not. It was, anyways, like it was some to the end power uh, thoughts about math, but uh, hurt my brain. I did, I did like the conclusion is that even with all this, um, we think that math is pretty well, we got it nailed down. In reality, we don't really have it nailed down. But it's all this, these questioning of the different, why math doesn't always work that has allowed us to like, come up with the, the quadrant or the, what's the, the collider in, in Hedro, Hedro yeah. Collider? Mm. Yeah. Anyways, because we keep, trying to perfect math we're actually getting so much better at it but it's the things that we don't understand that push math to be to make us better at math so what my child what i understand versus what richard's son or grandson will understand will be i'll see like i'll seem like a simpleton like there's no Physically, we can only run a hundred yards so fast. Our bodies are only designed to go so fast. And without augmentation, we're never going to 
break a certain barrier, or we might evolve over hundreds of thousand, another thousand years. It might be an eight second, hundred mile, but we're not going to advance. Math is always going to, every generation, we're going to have a better grasp of what math is. Maybe, yeah, or you just advance. So, yeah, like you're saying, you advance too far in math, and then there's fewer and fewer potential people that have the brain capacity to solve the more and more difficult problems of our times. Now that I can believe. I, I think once we, as they're developing these, like yeah, Google has a uh, pretty, from all what everybody's guessing, a pretty functional uh, quantum computer. Like so functional that we don't have a power source that can run it. That's how much it can compute. Um, so as as our ability to compute more and more data. How much power um, do you need? 1.21 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts? What was Einstein? What was I thinking? <laughs> yep. So yeah, but I mean, I think that in our lifetime we'll see quantum computing and the amount of data that we're collecting like significantly it might be what obliterates cancer is not a medicine but math and uh quantum computing because like they could probably crunch enough patterns and enough scenarios to figure just out like you could even you probably even it'd be like that minority report where you can see what's happening into the future sure yeah so you could see why somebody's developing cancer before it even metastasizes well that's what genomics is doing now in, in large part about how much math is in genomics all yeah all the math all the math we have it all it's all here <laughs> genomics is basically a new uh, beyond binary how many letters represent the the in is it all the letters or just a set of letters? I can't remember. Well, yeah, A, C's, T's, and G's, but it's their combination that tells you what you're looking for. Yeah. So just when we sequence the DNA code, we created so much data that, like, what is it that we found out that why some people don't like cilantro? It's genetic. Like, it tastes like soap or it tastes good or not like soap, yeah. basically. it's You're hardwired for that. We could have never figured that out with compute without computers and math. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you build it all just builds some prediction models for it. But I instead of taking a foreign language in college, I took symbolic logic, which they talk about in that video. And uh, you want to talk talk about screwing your mind? That is a uh, that's it. That's something else. I mean. I'd probably have to spend another six months just so I could get back to where I was after taking two semesters of that class. Oh, man. But I always got a kick out of it that it counted as a, a foreign language. So. <laughs> I love me better. a loophole. Yes. <laughs> that was... um. I appreciate it, Richard. I think it was a good one. Because A, it was like 30 minutes, which I think is cool. B, it's just so mind-blowing. To see, like, a vast majority of what they talked about was done well before computers were even on the scene. As far as their theorems and things they were talking about, the way they did things and looked at them. Like, not towards the very end. It was like, oh, yeah, then this guy needed actually a computer to be invented so he could figure this out. But the vast majority yeah. was, like, 
you know, just by hand, basically. Alan Turing came up with the uh, infinite tape and the Turing machine, mm -hmm. completely theoretical. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's what happens today? It's crazy. And then that, the one about the, um, the game of life, that just absolutely blew my mind. The three squares. I'd never seen that. That was insane. I, I couldn't. That's a, I stopped watching after that segment. That's about where I stopped the first time because I was like, oh, wow. I don't, I don't, I'm like, <laughs> well, I didn't get it to begin with. I don't, they're like, I was like, are they explaining the rules of Minesweeper to me? <laughs> Almost. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then they just started like, look what happens. Like, what are you what are you doing? I don't get what you're doing there. So I, I was always terrible at math. Uh, like in high school, I remember they had made us do it like a, it was like, this is an art project. Why are we doing this? You make a, I don't know, texahedron or mini, okay. mini sided figure out of a piece of paper. And mm -hmm. Couldn't figure that out for the life of me. I just ended up crumpling it up and stapled it together and I turned <laughs> it in. <laughs> I participated. A That's a C. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, brother. Yeah. That's hilarious. <clears throat> so I went into finance in college. That was a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. If math sucks, then you should. Well, there's arithmetic and then there's math. So I think a lot of finance is on that side. Not necessarily. Not always for sure. But, you know, the baseline stuff, I would think. So. Yeah, I think, oh, I better mention this quickly too. Uh, probably gonna have to go to you, Joel. We might have to go to a, a reader request, but Rawls was supposed to have Entertainment Spotlight and he is probably on the Baylor Spotlight at the moment. So um, somebody's gonna have to pitch in if we uh, we wanna keep that rolling. So if you got something outstanding, I do have a reach request from a couple of weeks ago we could also fall back on. So I thought I'd give you some warning. So when we get there, we could uh, make it happen. So Magnificent Seven. You are correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> possibly one of the most analyzed movies in history. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, and it's weird. I never thought about that. I, I usually like way different playing on the movies. Yeah. So. Well, starts with Seven Samurai. Yeah, that's true. That what movie are you talking about right now? Magnificent Seven, Yul Brenner, oh. all those oh. guys, Steve McQueen. The whole dynamic between Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen is amazing. And I haven't seen it for ages either. Um, I, the, and the remake was pretty cool, but it's nothing like the original. Did we talk Snowy River already? A few weeks ago, but Joel had uh, recently watched it, so we were going to save that in there for best thing of the week or for something. Okay. But we did have the uh, topic of the week, which we kind of covered again on the uh, wildfires but i had saw this ad today on linkedin and it was from volvo and i sent it to you guys and it just basically shows ice sloughing off a glacier and it says volvo will be all electric by 2040 or whatever and that's it and then there was you know there was 1800 comments on that by 10 o'clock this morning which LinkedIn is quickly turning into Facebook with a tie. It's really hurting my feelings. But um, the topic I thought for the week would be like electric cars. Are they the environmental answer? Because that's what, you know, I'm seeing all these FedEx ads about quote unquote carbon neutral by 20, whatever. 
Now, Volvo one just came out today that I saw it anyways about all electric. And so uh, I thought it'd be a good topic of like, uh, is that the environmental answer, so to speak? And uh, I think. <laughs> what, a, what a ridiculous. Okay. If you think that is going to fucking help one bit. Dude. Uh, how do you even talk to that person I, anymore? It's, Conversation. It's not, it's not one person. It's, it's droves. Yeah, I know. I don't like it's it doesn't matter the the what we're burning personally in gas that doesn't have any effect or it's such a drop in the bucket i would i should say of the overall pollution right like i wonder what percentage of pollution comes from combustion engines what do you think oh yeah, where do you go to look that up now? Like everything's so what? upside down and jacked up, dude. It's got to be small. Oh, I'm like, sure you could find it on Google. Well, like, yeah, I'm gonna trust the shit out of that. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, but we just shut down the not. world for the past 18 months. Shouldn't everything be absolutely perfect already? Like, why is there even hurricanes this year? Like, why is there wildfires? Like, we had all combustion has been at its lowest level. It's been in probably in the past 200 years. This past two years, with Operation Shutter Down and we seem to have worse summer than ever so what's up with that maynard i also don't i don't get the uh the pushback on the idea because the the truth is and I, I don't think anybody knows for sure but we're gonna eventually run out of oil like it's a finite resource dude i was thinking of this the other day as i was driving down the road like when i was in school way back like little it was physically taught that oil came from dinosaurs yeah. That's what we were talking. Well, well break, breaks down carbon, right? Any broken down carbon. Yeah, but physically, it came from dinosaurs. That's what we were first told. Like, yeah. Well, and it's like, wait, wait a minute, that's not even possible. Like, there's no way it's the, still here. Like, it's part of the Earth cycle, if you ask me. The dinosaurs so, are just in a a mass grave. Apparently, yeah. So, but anyways, like, it's part of the Earth for one. But, but, but more specifically, back to the point about electric cars being the solution, like how like a, a electricity comes from somewhere you just want to talk about fuel versus fuel like nobody likes hydro <laughs> nobody likes nuclear uh coal is way evil so i i don't know where the like solar is cool that's great yeah but i don't think every house is going to have a tesla roof i doubt it um so that's one problem other the other quick one is like environmentally like when that car is ready to be done, like what do you what do you do with those batteries, dude? Like that's that's one of the worst things running around right now on the highway is all the batteries in those electric cars. And like I'll be the first to say I think electric cars are badass and fun to drive, but like well, my, environmentally, well, holy crap, man. I yeah, think I think the 68 Bronco chargers better off than that. There's gonna be people that want it for like the environmental reasons, and it's like, all right, let them believe whatever they want to believe. Um bottom line is i think electric cars will be pretty neat once they get good at them because as, as as soon as you can like and maybe they already can i don't know i don't read about it much but um doesn't it take a while to fill it up with at a charging station that depends on if you got the supercharger station at, at uh, the tesla ones or whatever um yeah but probably still be like 10 or 15 minutes wouldn't it oh more than that yeah oh, so yeah. i mean so like i'm not gonna drive from somewhere to you know from here to kansas and you can you just gotta stop, to stop every and, 
every wait. two to 300 miles and wait for wait probably 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense if you're going to be driving on highways, but like, I can't wait actually. Like the, the F-150 Lightning, that looks awesome. It goes super fast. A tremendous amount of torque. Like yeah. train engines run on electricity. That's the diesel is the generator that runs the electric motor on a train engine. Like that's how cool that is. Like they have a tremendous amount of power. But and, and yeah, and if I put a solar in with a Tesla wall, I'll probably have a Tesla car because it's like basically free for me to drive to work and back. But as far as like that's the, the national campaign and that's going to fix everything. Uh, no, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like even if you think, A, there's something to fix, then B, like this is the answer. See, most people, when you ask them, like, well, where's the electricity come from? Their brain shuts off. They go like, the building? It's magic, apparently. Uh, you know, and then this summer in California, they're like, hey, don't uh, don't charge your cars because we need all the power for the grid so you can run your air conditioner. So, like, you know, it's uh, it's far from. Did they say that? I didn't hear yes. about that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's a, wow. Which you kind of had to giggle. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> even if you take, like, just the environmental impact of the car when it goes back to the junkyard or catches on fire or has a wreck, I think is one thing to consider. Um, if you, you know, I got a 78 Buick Roadmaster station wagon, I drain the oil out of everything and it gets smashed into a pancake. Like it's pretty inert at that point, really. Um, you know, the authentic imitation leather and the wood vinyl siding, pretty low impact overall. It gets all taken down a B and K and ground up in a little powder, but a freaking electric car, just the windings, just the batteries alone. And like, Hey, going back to what Richard said about natural resources coming from somewhere, like that battery stuff that comes from the ground, like that stuff's not made synthetic yet. So it has to come from somewhere. Um, and I doubt you're running. Even if it's synthetic, it still comes from the ground. Exactly. Thank you. That's a great point, Richard. Yeah. You know, so Here's yeah, if I'm running. With Go ahead. Is uh, when I worked in the oil field, my tool ran on a lithium battery, weighed mm -hmm. about six pounds. I had to go through a training every year that was like, no, well, I had to take a pat test and pat pass it with 80%. And um, he's usually probably all in all, I'd have to do 12 years of lithium battery training. And because they're highly explode they explode and mm -hmm. you can't put them out with water so the lithium battery to me is a real problem we're sending teslas out with 600 pound lithium batteries and like there's there's fire departments in the united states that aren't prepared to they don't have the foam that it takes to neutralize a tesla battery if it's burning and it'll burn a hole through the concrete that it's on before they can put it out and some places have that just let it completely burn and the fumes that a, a lithium battery put off are incredibly toxic so um the other interesting thing another little stat is uh there was a leach field and i wish i've i'll try and find these links for micah before he puts them up but uh china's where most of our lithium comes from and uh it's a lot like gold mining there's huge uh ponds and you have to separate the lithium from the other different types of mineral that you mine it out of so there's these huge leach fields where you have to take all the toxic stuff that it takes to get the leach lithium out 
And one of those ruptured in China and went into a river, and it sterilized the river, killed all the fish, and it killed 60 people downriver. Damn. Um, and they're going to do that here in Nevada because, like, everybody's – they we don't think through all the consequences of lithium, but you think gold mining's toxic, and there's a huge environmental problem with uh, gold mining in Nevada, but we're all – we're going to give lithium a pass because it's going in a Tesla. And I have utmost respect for Elon, but um, and I think that he knows the folly of what he's doing, but I think he's just giving. I think he's meeting a demand, and I think he understands very much all the implications that go with it. And mm-hmm. so I think he knows that that's what people are ready to make the trade off on. And another interesting stat is, um, I think it was Norway. I'll have to look this up. But they are the most uh, EV, or a couple of years ago, they were the leading country for electric vehicles. Anyways, the average electric vehicle to charge is the equivalent of running a refrigerator for a month. A refrigerator is one of the highest cost utilities that you have in your house running on a daily basis. And every time you charge an electric vehicle, it's the equivalent of running a refrigerator for an entire month. <laughs> and so, um, what happened is Norway or whatever country I can't remember. I'm sorry. Uh, they had to bring on three dis- decommissioned coal fire plants to keep up with the electricity demand of the EV. And Germany has the same problem, but they've banned coal fire plants, so they are now outsourcing their coal to keep their EV vehicles running to neighboring countries. So that they don't have to run coal in Germany, but they uh, can, they still need that power to power all the uh, electric vehicles that they are, they've uh, decided that they're going to. Um, Every time you learn something new, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? What a mess. We're going to ban coal fire, but we're going to import it from somewhere else that uses coal fire, but it's okay. Cause we say we still banned it here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty much against the banning of anything, really. Like, honestly, like what, I mean, either just don't use it or change it. But like, when you ban something, I don't know. This seems a yeah, little too think, permanent and short-sighted any to me. Problem through. You try to solve a problem, you think it through. You got people just like make, trying to make politicians making decisions and people <laughs> loud on Twitter, for example, demanding a right answer. But really like, the only thing that can ever effectively figure it out, and it just everyone's heard of, is capitalism. Like, let the people that are have a their money on the line, let them make the decisions. What's most effective? And let's, Usually, let's, so. Let's not let's emphasize not this bullshit capitalism we have now that's completely has government intertwined. Yeah. Anything right. Congress. Because yeah. I think people misconstrue what. Like they think that this is a free market system. This is absolutely not a free no. market. This is a complete. It should be free market. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Richard. I agree. But I think I, I do believe that in certain cases, like we're seeing this with the solar panels in Lake County, um, they want to put so first they want to put solar panel on ag lands, and we're like, no, absolutely not. The commissioners stood up to them and they said no more solar panels. So they moved it on to and then more that I got into it and the more I think about it is here we have the classic situation of an urban area 
basically going to rural America and exploiting them for resources that they need. Nope. And in exchange, when I was talking to the guy from Blue Marmot, um, <laughs> they were going to give us $500,000. And I was like, that's great. Uh, he goes, that's a really big boon for your thing over 30 years. And I had to say, dude, that is laughable. And so anyways, uh, and he goes, no, it's, it's, it's going to be really good for your community. We donated $1,000 to the hospital. And that's uh, about the time I hung up on him. Um, but this is really what's happening is urban areas are continuing. And this is one of the biggest bad feedback loops we have in the United States is urban areas basically carnivorize, carnivorize um, rural, rural America. They take resources and they don't pay the fair value of what they're taking for. And I know it's the sun. And if they want the goddamn sun so much, then cover your own city in solar panels and run on that in your footprint. But quit coming to my backyard and put in your soil panels in and then leaving us with the bill to clean it up. Put it in your city. And when they come dysfunctional, you clean it up. You pay for it and you retrofit them and quit pawning your crap and your technology off on rural America because as far as I can tell we're probably living the purest and the healthiest of any of you and why are we why are why is urban America feeding off the corpse of what's left of rural America I think mm -hmm. rural America should just stand up and say hey look if you want this bullshit you put it in your own city because we're done yeah sounds a lot like wolves to me Richard um, yeah. yeah or to some degree Carbon credits. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I mean, if you also look at it, like, I get it. I, I'm on your side, but from their perspective, like you said earlier, there's one person per square mile down there. And we have a million people in our square mile. Uh, we, we're, we're just going to take your square mile and put our shit on it. What do you get? I get that violates your land ownership rights but from their perspective it's um well there's more of us and it's for yeah, the so greater good yeah so take your greater good and shove up your ass what i'm saying is we've reached a point in our culture where you couldn't come take it yeah i mean we couldn't America physically had to come and take rural america's stuff i don't think they have the capacity to do it i mean if there was if you take the government out of it and mm -hmm. they needed to that they wanted to a nobody can farm. <laughs> Richard, farming's easy. Remember, yeah. most people can't fix a combustible engine. Most people can't weld. Um, most people are really bad in bar fights, and so um, they don't even get up early enough to go do the work, man. Yeah, percent <laughs> of urban America is anti-gun. So I I see a lot of fallacies here. It's like. If it came right down to it, it would be really hard from for somebody in Portland to come down and take the land that I ranch on. I love the yeah. welding, agronomics, bar fights. <laughs> there's a, there's a. I, I've spoken about him before. A comedian, one of my favorite comics is uh, Ryan Hamilton. Have you guys watched yeah. him? Yeah. He has a he has a bit. He has a special on Netflix called Happy Face. And he has he's from like rural idaho i think all of idaho is basically rural but he's from there's that like south southern southeast idaho or something and he lives in new york city and he's like 
I keep hearing people say about New York City, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. He's like, one person said that, and everybody else, all other New Yorkers just went, mm-hmm, that's true. He's like, I don't think it's true. I'm from Idaho. I don't think you can make it in Idaho. Matter of fact, what you know about New York is you're a shitbit of good in Idaho. <laughs> I don't know what I, I happened bet. to him. He went out looking for a bagel at 3 a.m. and he left for a pagoda. Never saw him. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Riggins, Idaho, and I know I can't make it there. So ah. bring your own cooler. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's really funny, Joel. It's oh, also man, very he, true. You gotta watch that. You gotta watch that special if you haven't seen it. I have that that part didn't ring a bell, so maybe I haven't seen that one. It was good. Yeah, it's just again okay. I, to take a half a step back to again. This is all about I think what the grand plan is. The more division and bickering and infighting that can be fueled and stemmed, the current people in power are, are happier. And I uh, I try to resist that every day, and it's so difficult though. But and that's not the whole everything, but that's a lot of the stupidity we see running rampant at this point. Um, it's certainly fueled by that. We've always had some dif- differences, but I think if you have three people in a room, it's going to be one thing. If you have three million people scattered across listening to something else, it's completely different, even though it's the same. If you took the same exact ratio of people, like it would still be just asinine, asinine everywhere. I got the my uh, solar panel conversation. The guy immediately texts me afterwards and he goes, I don't understand what I said wrong. <laughs> Oh, awesome. And he goes, it, uh, hey guys, why won't you answer me? And I was just ignoring him. He left me a bunch of voicemails and called me a bunch of time. And, uh, <laughs> I said, because, uh, uh, you know, I'm just a dumb hick. I'm out here uh, kicking dirt and doing my chewing tobacco, and I don't have much time for you. Just whittling and, on my stick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I wasn't treating you like a dumbass. And I was like, look here, buddy. If you want to talk to me, you can come down here, look me in the eye, and shake me in the hand and tell me you're going to be a good neighbor. And I got to give him credit. He's going to come down here. Awesome. <laughs> but he still, he, he just, he kept, he texted me the next day. He's like, I've never had a conversation like that. And I think more of rural America has to have those conversations because, uh, you know, I think that really trained to be polite and to accommodate people and mm-hmm. in America because it's a upbringing thing. And I think that there's a certain amount of population world people in this world that take advantage of that. I would, if I was a dirt bag, scumbag, whatever, never going to see you again. I'm just going to make some money and leave. Dirt. Yeah. yeah. But I think that I honestly believe that they think they're being righteous and uh, I think the condescending thing is they're there, they're there. Yeah. And he didn't realize. I finally had to stop him at one point of the conversation, and he goes, "I said, I said, Lake County is per capita one of the highest educated places in all of Oregon. What kind of stupid hick do you think you're talking to?" I said, "Fuck, I have an MBA." <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> so that call to quit to get support fell hollow and so yeah but no it's just, it's just uh it's time for rural america to stop being nice to all these jackasses yeah they can just go pound sand literally oh another text message came through keep us updated richard is it for the bride or the solar guy you don't have to say by the way 
you know, he does, you can tell he's not on many work meetings because he is the worst among us with being on mute all the time. Yeah, and there must be like, uh, is like <laughs> pressure point he's or something a, on his phone. I don't know. He's a rancher. He's not on Zoom every day. Like, apparently, but Richard Zoom's probably more than now he's back. Yeah, he just has like this weird. You'd be surprised how many Zoom calls I was. Three weeks ago, I made some ladies from the UN cry. Yes, that's international incident. That's my boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh so i think we can agree that environmental or electric cars probably not the immediate answer uh if there is even is one so, however it would be fun to have one dude i like i said if i get my shit together and i put tesla panels on my house and buy a couple of tesla power walls i'll probably have a tesla car like why not like my commute is 15 minutes one direction you know, yeah. if I want to spend all that money, like right now, I, you know, my Toyota gets decent mileage, so I don't really care. But if you get if if the Cybertruck wasn't so goddamn ugly. Yeah, exactly. There's a new, uh, isn't there the, uh, the uh, GMC is coming out with the electric, um, which, what's their pickup going to be called? Shit, Sen- Denali? Yeah. Uh, it's the, um, it's the Hummer. It's the new Hummer pickup. Oh, yeah. It looks pretty squirrely. So, I'm just saying, yeah, there's options. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just like, don't sit here and like show me the crumbling picture of a glacier, which happens all the time, and then say, we're going electric by 20, whatever. So all is well. Namaste, bitches. And I'm just like, ah, oh, just kills I mean, my what, guts. What happens to our international relations when we become fully reliant on China to supply our lithium? Like what more, happens when they like, did we not off? learn anything that the more self-reliant we are, the better we are, like at all, like in anything possible. Like, hello, kids. Like anything from the past two years has taught us that the more reliant we are on things that we make ourselves and have in country, the absolute better off we're gonna be. Energy, medication, components, whatever it has to be here. Like that's essential. So, um, but we're completely we turning a, a blind eye to that. Yeah, they would be uh, probably getting some pretty good mileage. Yeah. So, what's that noise? Is that me? It's Richard getting a text. Sorry. That's my guess. No, no, no right. I think it's word. I just right? thought something was wrong with my deal. Yeah, you should probably get your new phone. Um, I found a word of the week too, so we're good there. Uh, Far Reaches Word of the Week brought to you by the Reachers. Uh, cacophony. The word of the week is cacophony. You may have heard it. I've heard it before. I've used it. Again. I've heard it. Yeah. It's like Avengers cacophony. <laughs> no, that's Space Jam cacophony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it yeah. like a. Like you kind of get in a pickle. It's no, it's the bringing together of people, I believe. Yeah, it's an unpleasant mixture of sounds, harsh noise, or discord, which can also be a combination of people. Yeah, indeed. So, cacophony. It just has like a interesting uh, flow to it. So I thought it was interesting. And what's its root? Portuguese. I don't know. Uh, it's not on here. Sorry. Oh. I, I, I found like the, a, a little bit. 
I got the cheap uh, dictionary.com, but if you'll give me a second, I can probably uh, word search it somewhere else and find a more uh, robust answer. Because I often like to know the roots of something. Well, Bithany is probably pretty, probably, uh, it's pretty close to the opposite of it. Epiphany would be probably uh, the antithesis thereof, would one say? Pretty close. A combination of discordant sounds, specifically in rhetoric, a faulty choice or argument arrangement of words. I like that one, even better. Yeah. Uh, comes from a joining of the Greek prefix kak, K A K, meaning bad, uh, with phone meaning sound. So bad phone. Um, symphony which means harmony or agreement is basically the antithesis of carcophony. So you were on the right track, Richard. I like it. Thank you, Ms. Walshner, for teaching us root words. So we had our topic of the week. We had our word of the week. Uh, does anybody have a just down and out uh, definite entertainment spotlight for next time? I'm good with Magnificent Seven or whatever Joel wants to go with. Any, any, any insight, Joel? No, I don't have anything top of mind. All right, well. How about this? You can either watch Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, but if you've seen that, you can watch uh, Seven Samurai. Ooh, nice. I like it. And then like, after that, then you'll just watch seven. So you take one word away. Yeah. I was trying to think there's some other like Magnificent Seven and Seven Samurai ripoffs, but I can't, they don't come to mind. Oh, Tarantino talks about them all the time. Um, Isn't yeah. this a Tarantino movie? No. Kelly's, uh, Kelly's Heroes is basically the same. Oh really? Yeah, Telly Savalas and the the whole gang. Yeah, great movie. I've seen that. Dirty Dozen, pretty much the same. But I think that Dirty Dozen was based on a real life event. Dirty Dozen was one of my all time favorite movies. Lee Marvin, like, stop touching me. Posey, the best. Yeah. And a way you could almost say Heat was too. Yes. It would be. You have the group, you have the leaders, you have the, the chaos. Yeah. So um, you, have, you have the Al Pacino character that plays the Eli Warwick. Uh, yeah. God dang. Really cool. We could just have that whole exploration. That's one of my, um, I'm not sure if you watch this podcast or not listen to it, but it's called the, um, oh, what is it called? It's by, um, man, it's been a long week and it's only, Tuesday, I think, right? Bill Simmons does a podcast, Rewatchable. <laughs> and they, have, <laughs> they do like they're like they call it like rewatchables because it's like a movie, like if you're clicking through and you see it, like they're gonna watch it. And so like it comes out every Tuesday. So like Fight Club is this week, but they've done almost 200 episodes of the rewatchables, and they just totally deep dive the ever-living crap out of each movie. And they have certain the fight club. Yeah, it, well, a lot of times it's tied in with like it's the 30th anniversary or 20th or et cetera. So, yeah, you know, that's what, pretty. That's it's one of my favorite podcasts. You know, I've been watching a lot of Guy Ritchie. I've mm -hmm. for some reason I've developed a real affinity for the movie The Gentleman. Uh, I've not seen it yet. 
It's Matthew McConaughey, one of his best performances. And it's one of Guy Ritchie's best movies, I think. The Wrath of Man, I just watched that. That's pretty good, too. That looked really good. But I would I would say Snatch has a lot mm. of uh, parallels with The Magnificent Seven. Oh, cool. Damn, I really got to watch that again. I did not. Uh, it's been a long, long time since I saw the original. So, uh, Party Mom, faithful listener in California, Party Mom, she's the one that suggested uh, Magnificent Seven. So, uh, this one goes out to you, Carmen, and I hope you enjoy it. So, outstanding. Uh, we're going to skip down to our best thing of the week. Joel, let's hit you with the. Uh, I want to hear what you thought about Snowy River. Yeah, I've been. Uh bad-mouthing that movie for years mm-hmm. look at these uh so i came up to the pool last night sat in one of these chairs up here after dark and uh smoked a jay and turned on nice uh man from snowy river and i was like oh let's see what this is about and i, I was hooked early it's one of the like, honestly, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It was that good. Really? <laughs> but, but the funny thing is, I was thinking about it. I was like, I always thought it was terrible. But I think it's because my brothers watched it when I was a little kid all the time. And, it, and it, when I was eight years old, I thought it was stupid. Sure. And then I realized, like, my entire life since then, I've basically taken movie recommendation advice from an eight-year-old, even though... I'm that eight-year-old. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't trust myself either. <laughs> like, Joel, you don't want to watch that movie because that, remember, it was dumb. We're like, yeah, you're right. One of your, one of your first picks was uh, Johnny, or uh, Short Circuit. What? From, yeah, eight-year-olds. Yeah, one of your first movie picks was Short Circuit. Oh, yeah, it's a great film. So it said it caught you right off the bat. Like, what was the first thing you were like, oh, crap, this ain't actually that bad. Uh, well, I got intrigued when they were, at first it was pretty silly when they're cutting down the tree together mm-hmm. and just smiling at each other for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> just a little friendly dad-son competition, you know? Uh, and then I was like, this movie's going to be good because within the first 10 minutes of the movie, you see this like wild leader of the wild horses doing crazy things twice early on. Um it come running through and, it, and I'm like I knew early on the dad was going to get killed I thought in the first scene when he goes out to the barn the first time I thought he was going to get killed but I'm like this dad's dying anytime <laughs> uh, he died the next day I'm like he's going to get hit by hit and killed by a log and then that happened and then and then when the kid went tried to go back home and a random group of people group of dudes were like you can't live here anymore because you're not a man or something uh i was like i was i was caught i wanted to see what was going to happen <clears throat> which they never came back to that group of guys but i never saw them again right? i think it was just like implied that uh no they you know. they came and helped him run the horses in the end that's who he was with uh chasing down the wild horses they were with uh is it quincy Clancy. Clancy. Yeah, they're so Clancy came with this ensemble of guys, and uh, that was them. Oh, okay. There you go. I hadn't noticed. 
Yeah, I think that movie was like, I bet it's so good because like there's so many people in that movie that are like legends. Like the main guy, he's kind of, the whole movie's about him turning into a legend. True. Um, And then Clancy was a legend because all the other cow hands, ranch hands, uh, not cow hands, ranch hands, they all were excited to meet him, right? And then the guy that ran that ranch he was a big deal like rich he has a cool backstory and then the old gold miner he has a cool backstory. yeah um sure there's oh his dad that died he was a legend pretty big deal everybody in that movie except for the the women folks the lady that owns the bar She know she knew all the history that she, he went to right after he got kicked off. She told him what to do. Oh, oh yeah. wow, yeah. I instantly thought about the the little gal on Silverado for some reason. I'm like, is Richard like mixing up these movies? But no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> she's in, she's in both movies. She helps. She's sort of like the same. Okay, so that's why my brain went there. That's okay. It's coming together now. The 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 storyline with the. Uh... But Jess was like, I guess I chalk it up a little bit to being of the time. But mm. it, was, it was supposed to be like a, it's like they purposefully avoided making it, turning it, in, turning it into a powerful love story. Like it could have easily gone that direction. And it was trending that way. And every time it was trending into that sort of a movie, uh, he would just put an abrupt end to it. He's like, no, you can't come. Like, this isn't going to work. That made it then, powerful. There was no further explanation. This isn't going to work. And then he just rides away. That's what made it powerful, though. The second movie is all in on that, though. Oh. Oh, that's me why I haven't watched as many times. Anyway, that's... Yeah, there, it is a love story, but they don't... I think it, they try to keep it more of a... about him becoming a man than... Uh, letting it make him a mistake letting it turn into a love story and what does he know honestly he doesn't know his asshole from his elbow either that's part of the deal too like he just doesn't know what he what doesn't about women or Jim? romance or anything like oh, he's yeah. lived in the mountains his entire life and like you know yeah. maybe watched a stud and you know in a mirror but like he just doesn't know either he just fell in his gut i think is part of the point and he got all his information from spur which is a which, lot like my upbringing in the plush store basically yes wallaby stew and crazy uncles that's kind of my story so <laughs> but i don't know if it was me or the or the weed but there were so many storylines in that movie that intertwined nicely i just thought it was there were very few uh plot line errors there were was, some was, but like but, it doesn't that doesn't quite make sense like uh they built up the whole thing. I was waiting for the big reveal where he revealed that Jess is actually uh, Spurs' daughter. Oh. And then he, he just put an end to that entire speculation. Like, of course not. Like, oh. But you kind of think it is, yeah. So yeah. I, I do think I'm going to get you that T-shirt. I'm not sure if it was me or the weed. I think that's the T-shirt you need. Or maybe a coffee mug, I think, would be, would be yeah. glorious. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, that was a fantastic movie. That's awesome. Well, that's outstanding. 
Uh, real quick, I got one Reacher mail that got texted in just now, and then we'll go to Richard's best thing of the week. And this is from our another faithful listener, Big D in Texas, uh, the Dick and Weaselin podcast. Probably not going to get a Marconi award. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, a-hole. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I thought I'd pass it along instead. So. Richard, you got a best thing there, buddy? What is a Marconi award? It's uh, for radio. It's like oh. an Oscar for radio. I would I would place it at so. Yeah, yeah, we're probably not in that. Not even in the hunt. Um. Well, I have been. We've been staying out in Adel this week. That's been awesome. So, shut down the old Airbnb so the family could uh, come out here. We, right, we're bringing cattle in the desert. Mm, and, yeah. Uh, Another good thing is the lease that we have and that was in the past of the fire doesn't seem to be in danger any longer. Oh, good. And, uh, yeah, and uh, well, it wasn't the best thing, but we uh, had to stay here and not go to the country Desert Mountain uh, Grassfoot Beef Meeting. Mm. Which, that sucks. Uh, yeah. So, but then my diet is going good, 10 pounds. Um, so, um, feeling a lot better. And, uh, good. Yeah, it's just amazing when you cut carbohydrates and sugar. It's a really tough like week and a half, and then that sugar, man. So, anyways, I last time I was on the paleo diet, it was really strict, and you can tell it's sort of been eroded because now they like, oh, you can have this many carbs now, and you'll still be all right. And uh, but I'm sticking to the original one that I read in the book from original guy that came up with it that um so yeah i can't remember what the name of the book is but it's really i think it might be the oh caveman diet anyways so you're uh, just eating meat and that what you pretty much eat you eat meat vegetables fruits dairy and uh pretty fruits, much huh? the well yeah. i mean you, you got to cut your fruits down uh because it does have high sugar but it's mm -hmm. different it Isn't there a lot of carbohydrates and vegetables? Some of them. Yeah. I mean, the greens, probably, right? Yeah. So, like, a lot of broccoli, a lot of cauliflower. Um, avocados are great. I think mm -hmm. that's technically fruit. Um, like apples, it's got a seed. Oranges has a lot of sugar. Um, onions mm -hmm. are fine. Have you ever had a uh, kidney stone? No. I feel like you're, you're going to get a kidney stone. I did have to wean myself off of iced tea because I heard that it causes kidney stones, which was disappointing. So did greens. Um, well, but it's like an iron buildup or something. If you like change your diet dramatically, uh, and then usually that involves incorporating more green vegetables and, and shit like healthier food. For some reason, it causes more uh, kidney stones. They told me to avoid green greens and iced tea. Well, the way I see it is, uh, I still drink iced tea daily. Kidney stones are out. I'm gonna go with kidney stones. At least that's temporary. Either one sounds like a something I'd sign up for. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, other than uh, everything's going to hell, it seems like the fire's laid down and. Uh, it's like more smoke's coming from somewhere else, but yeah, things are good with the kid and the wife. And, uh, just been enjoying hanging out in Nadel and keeping it simple. Sweet, I love it.
That's awesome. <clears throat> Joel's Joel's gonna be swinging. Or... What's that? Go under the fridge. Oh, okay. Joel's making a B double E double R U N, I believe. Uh, my best thing a week was just uh, connecting with some family and an old friend I hadn't spoken to forever, and um, just exploring that and having fun. But family is always good to hang out with, especially when uh, you haven't seen each other in a while, and just kind of just enjoy and do whatever you want. And then uh, old friends, that's really fun too. So that's my two best things of the week. But uh, yeah. I don't know. By golly, I think we're almost there. So, anything else for the good of the order, Mister uh, Mister Richard? You're still on mute. Must be some dynamic shit, but you're on mute. Yeah. I'm good. I'm gonna go uh, watch the rest of this horseshoeing and then go up and do a little uh, pipelining. So. Outstanding. Well, well. Uh, with that, I think we're gonna wrap this episode up. Thanks to everybody for uh, always sending in good comments and. Thanks to Party Mom for sending in our upcoming entertainment spotlight, which will be Magnificent Seven. And uh, Richard, send those links you're thinking of, and we'll get those in the uh, updates uh, down below, kids. So again, you know, watch and share. This will be on the YouTube, on our Facebook. Audio versions, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, uh, iHeartRadio to Spotify and everywhere in between. So uh, keep those suggestions coming and keep on rolling, and we're going to keep on uh, we're gonna keep on reaching. So we'll, uh, we'll see you all soon. Thanks for joining.